Happy New Year. Happy New Year, everyone. All right, we're back. It's 2022. Who thought we would successfully get through 2020 and 21, but we successfully did. And we're going to talk about the fastest known time of the year award. Back, fortunately, thank goodness, with our good friend, Hillary Allen. Who wants to listen to me anyway? Thank you, Hillary. Oh, I'm so happy to be here. I want to listen to you, Buzz. <laughs> well, thank you. I appreciate. It. This is why we want you on. Because, you know, you're my, you laugh at my jokes. No one else will. And of course, you've been to Europe many times. You're very experienced in this. You've been a voter for a number of years. You have a few FKTs to your name. And so we're going to walk through the entire nominations list, talk about some of the highlights, some of the things that are catching our eye. Are you ready to roll? I am. It's a heck of a list. So from all around the world, too. So that's a new addition this year. Boom. Thank you. See, this, this, is, this is why we have you. I, <laughs> I, I forgot that part. In the past, last year, we did a separate North America FKT of the year and a separate EU, European one. This year, we put not only those two together, but we went all over the world. So definitely, you know, of course, you're going to listen to this, but go to the website, go to the articles, and there is a spreadsheet of every nominee on the website. And if you click on the route, it's a hot link. It'll take you to more information on the route. So we're going to talk about it. But if you want to look into anything we're talking about or just look at the whole list for yourself, definitely go to the website. Definitely do it. And you can make your own comments on that website about how the voting should go. Yeah. Okay. Worldwide. And indeed, that makes sense. So we're seeing, of course, U.S. here is well-represented, geographical representation, East Coast to West Coast. Here's something I'm, I'm just going to start here, Hillary, because mm -hmm. it, it just came up first for me here. Um, the Backbone Trail in California, it's kind of come on strong. It's gotten competitive. It's, it's like the Prezi Traverse of the West Coast now. I was just about to say that because we had, I mean, it had it's also a lot of action from both the men's and the women's side, actually the backbone trails on both the men and the women's side for the FKT of the year. Um, and you even mentioned the Prezi Traverse. I think we've had a, like, I think we've had efforts on that every single year and pretty competitive ones. It's a very popular one on the East coast. And uh, this year we have another one from the women's side too. <laughs> yep. Yep. Well, and th this is interesting. Let's just, <laughs> oh, so much to talk about. So we have some wild and woolly things, people that doing things that hardly have been done before. We mentioned it's all over the world. Here's the Lara Pinta Trail from Australia. And this took a long time. You know, it's uh, 222 kilometers. I like what she wrote about. It. She wrote hot, remote, wild, this is literally what she said, very Aussie in experience. <laughs> and, <laughs> and then we come back, like you said, to the Prezi, the Presidential Traverse in New Hampshire. Mm -hmm. And when someone can shave four minutes off that time, they feel they've crushed it. Mm -hmm. And yeah, back to, like you said, the Lara Pinta Trail, um, Lucy Bartholomew, right? So, the, so we've seen kind of some growth of FKTs all around the world, obviously in the US, but I see two like big hotspots of FKTs really, um, the frequency and the community kind of really participating in them is Australia is one of them and the UK. And so I think Lucy Bartholomew, she's a very popular Aussie runner and she actually made a film about this um, this FKT that she did, and it was insane. She had like <laughs> swimming sections too, so maybe it's uh, 
multi-sport i'm not sure <laughs> but good call yeah, good call yeah, it, it was really it was really cool to watch and then i had a comment too about um like shaving off you know four minutes that might not seem like that much time but on this type of this type of uh this presidential traverse in New Hampshire. I mean, right. It's 18 miles. It's super rugged. A lot of elevation gain, like what? 8,500 feet in only 18 miles. It's very technical. And Lindsay Webster, she's actually more of um, an obstacle course racer. Um, But she's really good at trail. I had the chance to race her at the broken arrow sky race. Um, So she's, she's a super talented athlete uh, and, you know, requires some skill to, to not fall on all those rocks. (laughs) <laughs> so uh would, would you advise people not to fall on rocks hillary <laughs> uh yes i, I would <laughs> thank you for the hot tip there i'll uh i'll, I'll keep that in mind personally <laughs> oh good i know buzz you and i both we always say that it's not worth the extra risk <laughs> it's not worth it save you're, you're you're trying to get five seconds faster than dis- descent and take five months off if you catch a toe Right. But okay. just the other day when we were riding, I like I bumped you because we were almost we almost like missed a turn together. Whoops. <laughs> Oops. Well, we're we we try not to talk about that. We, we we try to sound good. We want to present ourselves in this optimal light, don't we? Okay, good, good. <laughs> Indeed, that's a good call. Where uh and Lindsay, I didn't I didn't know that part about her, but she was two minutes, as we just discussed, under the previous previous FKT. Two minutes. Well, meanwhile, going back to Australia, you know, she was um, six hours faster than the uh, previous self-supported time. So that's, but that's what the game we play here. So when people are voting, they're having to see what is meaningful to them. I appreciate that. It's not a number. It can't be a number. So like you are a voter. When you go to vote, you're going to say, what turned me on? What was meaningful to me? And so what are you what are you saying? Like we just come to think we just called out this very fast competitive Prezi and we just this is just off the top of my head. I looked at the Larapinta Trail in Australia, which is sort of the other end of it, more of an an adventure. So how are you seeing this, Hillary? What anything here that's really moving you? Yeah, so something that I've personally, right? And this is what I love about voting for FKT of the year is because style really matters. And something that's drawn that draws my attention is kind of the style in which you do it. And if that style makes sense, right? Supported versus unsupported uh, versus self-supported, right? And so, um, I mean, talking about, uh, you know, a winner of last year's FKT of the world, uh, of FKT of the year, um, Kelly Halpin. And uh, this year she submitted another one um, in Wyoming um, at Gannett Peak. And this is, of course, unsupported. Um, it's a 38-mile route. But I think that this one is really impressive um, because of the remoteness of this peak. And uh, it has seen a lot of action. I know Anton Kropichka has, you know, thrown down his own FKT, some really impressive time in the backcountry there. Um, but I mean, to do this peak, it's 38 miles. It's not, it, it's an approach to get in there. So it's a commitment, right? Um, so even if it is, you know, an, an ultra, right? Um, something like that and the skill required to, um, to climb this peak. I've only read about it. Um, I've never done it, but something like that is, stands out to me. Nice. Oh, that's a good one. And again, folks can go on the website, uh, 
Hillary just mentioned Kelly Halpern on Gannett Peak, and you could click on Gannett Peak, and a boom, it'll open up this whole information, her whole trip report, photos, things like that. So feel free to supplement this conversation by going on the website and reading stories in the athlete's own words. And uh, Kelly is a graphic artist by training professionally, so she takes good photos. I mean, it's so her trip reports are pretty good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and some, some other ones too. Um, so uh, uh, to be honest, um, like I, like I mentioned, um, you know, some big hubs that that other than the U S that we were seeing is Australia, um, and the U the UK. Um, and so, I mean, some of these routes, you know, I've had to look up and I'm not really, I'm not as, as familiar with them. Um, but some of them that sound really cool, um, this wing runs coast to coast, um, by Sarah Penny. Uh, Buzz, have you look at, looked at anything about this? It's a pretty long, long route. Um, right. Wayne writes, coast to coast. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's, kind of, it's kind of interesting. It is long, 288 kilometers. But in the UK, you can go to coast to coast. <laughs> I mean, in the States, coast to coast is uh, ooh. A little bit. <laughs> yeah, that's... That's, that's, that's a big oof, but they have like three coast to coast routes there. And um, yeah, I, I think it'd be fun to be able to run coast to coast. I mean, this is sea to shining sea. Other than that, I don't know that much about it. Yeah. Like two days, seven hours. Yeah. 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 So I think those kinds are really cool. Um, and yeah, we've seen some from New Zealand and even Hong Kong. Uh, so it's kind of giving me some, some excitement to go visit those places and, and, and check these out. And hopefully, you know, if they're being submitted, it could increase the, uh, the excitement for, you know, these areas for FTTs to blow up even further and for, you know, them to get more competitive, the routes themselves or, um, you know, more of them. Good call. I, you just mentioned Hong Kong. We're still staying on the female side, by the way, we right. always talk about the women first and fastest known time of the year. Uh, and this FKT is by a woman named Man Ha Chan. And I, I really like we, we, we got someone else other than Western European descent. Pardon me, but I, I kind of appreciate that. And this is called the Mockle Horse Trail. 13 hours. Hey, God, that kind of took her a long time. Hong Kong. There's 5,000 meters of vert in this. I mean, it's like. What? <laughs> oh man, my quads hurt with that because I know what I mean. The, even though I've never been to Hong Kong, um, I know what those five thousand meters of uh, ascent and descent look like, and it's mostly in the form of stairs. So you got it. It's steps. I mean, this this is a quad oof. Ugh. Yeah. So ah, I mean, so I, I understand. I understand that <laughs> that kind of uh, of time that it would take for a hundred k's and five thousand meters. Wow. Yeah, I did. I did a race in Hong Kong about four years ago, and it's it's shocking. You think oh, you are on the coast. Your Hong Kong is on the water, one of the world's most famous ports. But as soon as you leave the water, it just goes uphill. So it's uh, remarkably good for trail running, and people are really into it around there. You'll see, you know, people from Hong Kong and UTMB and so forth. Right. Yeah, and another one that stuck out to me too. I mean, I, I mean, the, the super long ones I think are also impressive for me because I think that 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 shows dedication and it's even more logistics if you're kind of out there many days, let alone many hours. And um, Brooke Thomas again, um, she's this is another one submitted from outside of the U.S. and New Zealand. Um, this was the 
how do you say that the te uh aurora te aurora oh. yeah. <laughs> well, i don't see these long walks in new zealand uh, <laughs> Yeah, that's a Maori name. So it's a tricky pronunciation, Te Aurora. And this, gosh, this is, well, coast to coast, but this is north to south. And New Zealand, you know, sorry, we don't want to get sidetracked here, but New Zealand's a very cool country, isn't it? I mean, yes, just, it's just one on my bucket list. <laughs> I mean, just politically, we kind of look wistfully at New Zealand, how their their prime minister, who's a, a young woman, handles things. And of course, they have the same number of mountain cabins, mountain huts in New Zealand as this, you know, the entire United States put together. And it's the same geographic area as Colorado. So what a fun country. And Brooke Thomas ran the length of it in 57 days. So this is a trail. You can do this one trail. So that's a, that's a tour. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's like, if you want to see New Zealand, this would be an interesting way to do it. Right. This might take a, <laughs> a while, a couple months, but my favorite way to, to do it. Right. Yeah. Well, Peter Backwood and his wife, Steph did the Southern Island, Te Aurora, the entire Southern Island. And <laughs> sorry, I'm starting to get, I always get emotional about this because they were doing an hour winter, you know, the, the Austral summer and, but it's still Christmas. And so around Christmas Eve, people are coming out and grabbing them and, you know, bringing them into their houses for Christmas Eve and Christmas dinner and things like that. Just, you know, strangers were inviting them in. So it was, you know, it's, 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 it's good stuff. Yeah, it's a good example of, you know, the welcoming trail community. Right, right. <laughs> well, the uh, here's one I was looking at. Um, again, I'm, I'm kind of looking around the world here. We In the States, we have, uh, I mentioned it at the first, the Backbone Trail, which is right above Los Angeles, quite competitive. We have a female and a male FKT nominee there. The Long Trail, Premier Route. The Colorado Trail, a Premier Route. You mentioned Kelly on Gannett Peak and Lindsay on the Prezi. Mm -hmm. And then, I'm sorry, I'm going to bump across the ocean again. I'm I'm looking at, you know, it's just Mount Fuji. Oh, you know, this, uh, this person went from the, the, you can go from the Refugio to the summit, but this person went from the sea to the summit and back down. And if you've ever seen Mount Fuji, you know, you're looking at a postcard. <laughs> you know, it's like yeah. looking at the Matterhorn. It's it's so iconic. And somehow I am moved by these iconic mountain images. Yeah. And I was also really impressed with that. And another, another, this is a supported effort. It's not that far in distance, right? I mean, it's, it's 85K. So just over 50 miles. But again, you're climbing 3,000. Um, here it says seven. 3,752 meters. So multiply that by 3.3. <laughs> uh, so a lot of gain. Um, and what was really impressive there is that not only did she set the supported FKT, um, but it was an hour faster than the male supported, uh, the male right. self-supported FKT. Self-supported. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so voters have to do their homework, don't they? Just like in any election. <laughs> do your ballot in November or October if you're voting by mail. You have to you know, study the candidates. And here... A little study is needed because, okay, you don't want to vote necessarily for a big name that you recognize. Mm -hmm. You want to read a little bit about it and see what they put into it. And like you just said, uh, th this person on 
Mount Fuji was faster than the mail time. <laughs> so that's, uh, that's solid. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, do you want to talk about the guys now? There's some that, that stand out for me there. Or you want to mention some more, some more of the ladies. Well, by the way, when you people go to the list, which I hope you do on the website, mm-hmm. in case you're wondering how it's organized, it's by date. Due to being crunched for space, the dates aren't listed. But we don't do alphabetical. That always favors people named A. Uh, we don't do it any other way. So it's just by date is how this is, goes. And the first one on the mail list, of course, is Rob Carr and Mike Foote and Rim to Rim, Rim Alt. And again, these guys, I mean, it's good route, good guys, good time. But still, I'm sorry. I am guilty. It's the photo. <laughs> I think you're talking about style, Buzz. <laughs> it's style. The style this is, this is, this is next level style. So when you talk about style, you know, supported, self-supported, unsupported. When I'm talking about style, I'm talking about jumping into the 52-degree Colorado River naked. Yeah, I think you're talking about style like Rob Carr, Mike Foote's butt, maybe. (laughs) Well, (laughs) that was was a throwdown. That was a throwdown. Because I invented that route, and and Peter and I did it. You know, I put on this little shorty wetsuit. I thought I was being pretty cool. I got this really lightweight Patagonia wetsuit that only weighed – two pounds and put that on. And I thought it was being pretty cool for that. And these guys just dispensed with the whole thing and just threw down. So I'm like, okay, all right. Because they did it, you know, when did they do it? First of the year. They did it on, on this tw- December 31st. Mm-hmm. They jumped into the Colorado River and swam across on December 31st. So, so cold. of course they, they do ski mountaineering. So maybe it felt balmy to them. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Well, and speaking of another kind of early season one, not to just go down the list, but uh, Joe McConaughey, String Bean. Um, I was really impressed with this just because I kind of saw some of the conditions that Joe had to go through. Uh, he's on the Arizona Trail um, of what he had to do. Um, 817 miles. Uh, supported, obviously. Well, not obviously, but supported. <laughs> um, he had to go through quite a bit of snow. It was bad. Really deep snow. <laughs> All right. <laughs> this is interesting because I'm often talking about FKTs are better than races because you can just pick <laughs> your conditions, right? You show up at a race, you've you know, won the lottery, hopefully. You've paid an ungodly amount of money, and there you are standing in the pouring rain thinking, why don't we just do this tomorrow? <laughs> uh, but still, he could. He was checking the Snowtel reports. It didn't look good. But he had blocked out the time. And so he started south to north. And by the time he got up on the Kaibab Plateau, it was shin deep. And uh, people were following online. He quit. He said, I can't do this. But he was so far ahead of the record pace. His crew said, just keep going. Just keep moving. And so he signed back in and uh, still was almost three days faster than previous. So cool. And that was really awesome. I think he was getting messages from people like, don't give up. Like you can do it. Um, <laughs> so power of power of social media and the, and the, in the trail running community. So hope you guys check out, check out the list of nominations. Um, that's that Buzz said is posted online. Um, but one thing that I did notice about the men's um, FKT of the year, there was a lot of multi-day. I mm. think 
by far more than what I've seen in the past. Um, comparative to maybe years past, but even just the women's, there's kind of some from all over. I love to see that from, you know, like an hour FKT to 30 days. I think this year, what was our what was our longest one, one that we had submitted? 51 days, 50 days. Ooh. Those are two that I'd like to talk about. So um. <laughs> interesting. That's a, that's a good point. I had not considered that. You are totally correct. Yeah. So um, two. So I'll start with one that was really impressive uh, to me. Uh, Timothy Olson, the Pacific Crest Trail, um, and he did it in fifty-one days. Um, just shy of 17 hours, um, 2,592.6 miles, Yeah, 400,000 feet of vert. My goodness. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. That's a good story. Yeah. And it's a complicated story because Timmy was one of the top ultra runners. Of course, he had the course record at Western States and they had, uh, it's almost, it seemed like he was what it's not like he was losing his mojo, but just physically that ultra runner burnout that we can't put a hard handle on. He seemed to be experiencing that. Like what happened to Jeff Rose, right? Mm-hmm. Jeff just didn't lose an ultra for two years and then couldn't run an ultra after that. Mm-hmm. And Timmy came back. Right. I mean, he, he came back to be honest. I had my doubts. You know, I, I thought, I'm not sure if he can do this. And he did it. They established yeah. a plan. They established a per day plan. They knew the points they're going to hit at the end of every day and they hit them. So mm-hmm. it was like, he got it done. Yeah. And like I said, that's so impressive. And also I think another, another thing that was really impressive about the style, right? So we're talking about like supported, right? So for something like this, I'd, I'd hope you do it supported. Um, but uh, he also did it with his family out there with him. So I think that that was really cool. Um, so he had a really different support system. And some would say, I mean, I think for him, it's very, you know, it's very nourishing. It gives him energy. Um, so that was really cool to see. And I can't wait for kind of the, maybe the full story uh, I'm sure there will be one so we can see kind of what what other what else transpired out there. Um, well, we had to work with that one because of fire closures. And it turned out to be a little bit of discussion around it because you can't, people are saying, purists were saying, well, he didn't do the original PCT. No, he did not. You can't. It's illegal. It's closed. <laughs> so even if you did do the original PCT, we would disallow it because we don't allow illegal activity. And so it's kind of interesting. I think, I think hopefully we all learned a lot. On mm-hmm. our end, we learned how to handle this better, to try to get in front of it, and so make it much more transparent. So we took people's feedback to try to improve our process, while at the same time, people have to realize trails will change. I mean, that's, yes. that's, that's how it goes. Usually they get a little harder because usually what happens is they take out road miles and put it in a trail mile, which is a little longer. Mm-hmm. But uh, PCT has always been one of our top 10 premier routes. I'll just mention it right now. We're going to take it off the premier route status going forward because I think it's going to be different route every year. And that gets makes the apples to apples a little hard, you know, and that's just how we have to roll with it. You know, rim to rim to rim in the Grand Canyon, boy, you know, that if you jumped over a rock five years ago, you're jumping over that same rock this year. But on the PCT, you know, miles of it are going to be different probably next year. 
Right. That is a good point. And I mean, I do, I do agree with you there. Um, some of the, some of the, I did want to kind of draw also attention to some of the routes in, in the, in Europe. Um, so we saw, we saw a lot of those kind of on the, on the men's side. Um, but you mentioned kind of the route, route changing. Like I, I think of, um, you know, there's some submissions for the hot route, um, in the Pyrenees, so Spain, Andorra, and France. Um, and, you know, this is C, C to C across the Pyrenees. And it, um, this, uh, this man, Mike um, Kopak, he did it um, in 12 days. But some route variations do exist. Um, that, I think, is a bit more common in, um, in Europe, um, not just because they don't like switchbacks. <laughs> so there's many route variations there. But, you know, there's a ton of different, um, yeah, there's a ton of different paths, um, I think, just because, you know, the, the through hiking kind of culture and, uh, is a bit maybe more popular there. Uh, yeah, that's an interesting example, Hillary, the Holt route Pyrenees, we actually have two Holt routes in mm-hmm. the nominations list. Yeah. That's, that's, is interesting because they, everyone says there are multiple variations. And so as an FKT organization, wow, we want apples to apples, but that's kind of a hard one here, but we think this is a fun route. He goes from the Mediterranean to the Atlantic. He did. He stayed very high, and we hope if someone else goes after this, they do his track, yes. rather than create their own. Otherwise, we're going to be scratching our heads, going, yeah. So hopefully, Mike has established the track to be repeated because I think he did a good job. Mm-hmm. And for that too, it's I'm, I'm sure he chose that track because it was like the fastest, right? So, <laughs> uh, you know, exactly people repeating it, but back to the, you know, the PCT, you know, miles and miles of that section of trail can change and then it's just not comparable anymore. So maybe not the same, but then like you mentioned, there's another hot route on here. Um, I mean, this is like the classic hot, hot route, France and, and Switzerland. So Chamonix to Zermatt. Um, and Peter Restro, Restro, um, he did this one unsupported. So that was quite impressive. Um, and I want to, so when did, if, if if I may, I just, just, I just wanted to just say, yes, ditto. (laughs) If I'm looking at this list, I like what Petter did Mm -hmm. and he bettered a time by Iker Carrera who once had the FKT on Nolan's. Yeah. And if you look into this one again, click on the root name, you're going to get these stunning photos and they're, they're doing glacier travel, right? This is oh yeah, the, the Holt route. There's, there's the so-called, by the way, there's a so-called runner's Holt route. If you go to a website and Google it, which stays a little lower, goes through more valleys and a little longer. But as you said, the classic Holt route just goes almost as direct of a line as you can get between Chamonix and Zermatt, which means you're on the glaciers. Mm-hmm. And having, having been on some, gla- some glaci- glaciers in the, in, in the French Alps and the Italian Alps, you know, it's pretty serious stuff. I mean, there is a risk. There is a risk going there by yourself. Um, so, you know, you do have to have some experience if you choose to, you can travel there without a rope, right. But that's a risk that you are taking. So I think that's also something to note there that there has to be a lot of experience that Petter took with him in order to do this FKT. Good call. You can't just, that's so good. We said this five times. I'll say it six times. You can't just follow the GPX track and the mountaineering routes. You have to know what you're doing. And particularly in the Alps where the glaciers change year to year and so the route will change year to year mm-hmm. well just heck just like we have uh, an fkt nominee for mount rainier 
you know, the most glaciated summit in the lower 48 by far. And that's the same thing. You, you, you can't just go out there and fire Mount Rainier. You, you really have to know the route because falling in a crevasse is uncool. <laughs> Very uncool, Buzz, I would say. I've done it's it. Cool. Yeah. Oh, well, I have not. Um, <laughs> Good I, for uh, you. <laughs> I've had another a different kind of fall, would not recommend. Um, <laughs> but another one I wanted to kind of talk about now that we're talking about kind of these multi day um, efforts, and one that just I think I'm so glad that he's on this list um, Jason Hardrath. Ah. Uh, Washington Bulgars. Um, Buzz, what exactly did he do? <laughs> right. It's, what a name. I think he's, I don't think he's going to win any FKT of the year, year award because the name is so funky. <laughs> right. It's like the Bulgars. Who wants to do the Bulgars? So, I like Bulgar Wheat, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, that's, that's fair enough. Uh, but it's like the, um, you know, the, the Wainwrights. Uh, you know, it's like the some of the rounds in the UK are named after the person who first proposed them. And so that's the situation here. The Washington Bulgars are simply the 100 highest summits in Washington state. So like Colorado has, we could just call it the highest 100, which is actually also on here. But the Bulgars are the highest summit, 100 highest summits in Washington state, which includes then Rainier, Right. So you got suddenly Mount Adams, you got St. Helens, you got Glacier Peak, you got some tough summits, plus all these other obscure ones that Jason had to figure out how to get to. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So, yeah. uh, so obviously it's not a, it can't, it can't be a self-support. It doesn't really make a lot of sense. Although someone's could do it, mm -hmm. but basically you need to drive between the summits, figure out how to get there, figure out how to get to the top and then create this, clever route to connect them in an efficient manner. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I think that, that to me is quite impressive just from a sheer logistics point of view. And, you know, that was just over 50, well, yeah, just shy of 51 days, <laughs> 50 days, 23 hours and 43 minutes. My goodness. Um, so that's a, that's quite an undertaking. And we should then just pop over to Paula Savruga who lives in Fruta, Colorado, by the way. And he did the Colorado 14ers walking between them. It's like, whoa. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. Didn't we, talk to, we talked to Joe Grant on one of these uh, where he did the Colorado 14ers biking between them. Right. The self-powered 14ers, that's super legit. You bike mm -hmm. to uh, the bottom and then hike up, come back to your bike, bike the next one. Wow. Okay. That's, that's a big effort. But Powell hiked between them. It's like, dang, okay, that's 1,200 miles. And he did it. Uh, you'll appreciate this, Hillary, self-supported. Yes, I saw that. That's so cool. Okay. <laughs> let's talk about that. That actually makes sense, right? Self-supported versus let's talk about the difference between this. So unsupported obviously means. He would have had to carry all his own food, which can't be done. <laughs> or supported, right? Someone is, is supporting you along the way, giving you food. But self-supported means that you can he, go yeah, in. You, you go to grocery stores. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But <laughs> he, he really did it. I mean, he right. you're, you're walking down the highway, right? <laughs> you're not out there on the John Muir Trail. You're walking down a highway getting passed by cars for like an entire day in the middle of the summer. You walk into the 7-Eleven and buy you know, 30 Twinkies and walk out to the next summit. It's like, wow. And that's, that's how he did it. Nobody showed up 
to give him anything. He just, he didn't even hitchhike into stores. He walked through towns, bought all the food, socks, uh, underpants he needed and just walked out and kept going. Wow. That's, uh, that's getting it done. 43 days. Yeah, man. But so I want to shift a little bit to kind of like, so where I said in the, in the men's FKT of the year award uh, nominations list, we have a lot of these multi-day trips, but also we have the shortest um, FKT of the year, I think on the men's side. And it's something that I think has to be mentioned. Uh, Kyle Richardson, uh, he had some, he's had some really great FKTs that he's done over the years, but this one I think is quite impressive. Um, and it's kind of the epitome of multi-sport FKTs. So he did the flat irons link ups, um, the, the quinfecta, so to speak here in Boulder, Colorado. Um, it's very short. He did it in an hour 42 and eight seconds. Um, Unsupported, it's five miles, 4,400 feet. Um, but Buzz, I think you you can talk a little bit more about this. You, <laughs> you've done before. Right. Yeah, well, I was the first uh, person to put that one on the map, indeed. But thanks for calling out Kyle, because he, he tends to be nominated for these extremely fast, hard, technical efforts. But it's not like the Long Trail in Vermont, the Appalachian Trail, the Arizona Trail. And hes I don't think he's ever won any of the awards. I always hope he does because, <laughs> you know, it's, it's a big tent here. We've got the spectrum. And mm-hmm. an hour 42 sounds like nothing, but this would entail 50 pitches of climbing. Yeah, it's quite – the, the routes that he, do, he does are very technical. I think he really excels the technical. It in, involves some scrambling, um, high-level climbing even – while sprinting, which is just ridiculous. I used to try to get that route under two hours. I never quite did it. So Kyle's time is uh, 40 minutes faster than my time from, I think, 25 years ago or something like that. So, so, so good for Kyle. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah. But that, yeah, that I think deserves some, a shout out there too. Um, but yeah, uh, so yeah, we mentioned we have some from all around. One that I that you know that I have that was interesting to me was um, Slovenia. Um, mm. We have Carl Seib, <laughs> but the Via Alpha, um, like their Red Trail in Slovenia, Italy, and Austria, um, Germ- Germany. Uh, we've got like what's well, well, so- this big arc across the Alps? Right. You know, it's just, it starts from the ocean of Slovenia, just arcs across the entire Alps and comes down and finishes in Monaco, Mm -hmm. um, also on the Mediterranean. And of course, Carol Sabe has got major cred. He has the FKT on the PCT and on the AT. So the guy gets it done. And and there's a video on this. So again, go to the website, (laughs) click on this, and you can watch his video on the Via Alpina. Mm-hmm. It's a very interesting route. So that was one that stood out to me too. Right. If you want to get a tour of the Alps, this would be another way to do it. I mean, you get in a bus, buses are okay. Or you could do the entire Via Alpina. Cool. Sounds good. Just, you know, maybe need a month to do it or longer. <laughs> <laughs> right. And right nearby, very nearby, We and this is, again, shifting gears as we, we tend to do. We're nimble people. Uh, Manuel Marias, who is a top mountain ultrarunner, he's often in the top five, like in the Golden Trail series and so forth. He got an FKT on Mont Blanc. Now, 
We've heard of Mont Blanc. In case anyone's wondering, he didn't beat Killian's time. He went from the opposite side. So Killian's right. time is from Chaumonix, which is the north side. And Manuel went up from the Cormier side, the Italian side, the south side. But fine. I mean, you got, you know, it's, it's huge. It's 11,000 feet of vert. And he round tripped it in six and a half hours. So... Mount yeah. Blanc is super. Cl- I mean, how long? This has been competitive for like eighty years, right? Yeah, I mean, and he—it's so impressive. And I think from I—I've obviously seen the Mont Blanc from both sides, um, and you can kind of—it's cool from the French side. You can see the clear, um, you know, path of the Basson Glacier. Um, but from Cormier, it looks quite intimidating. So <laughs> I thought the exact same thing when I was going around UTMB. I was looking up there, going, "Hmm." How do you do not, I'm not seeing this one. <laughs> <laughs> There's some rock climbing in that one too. Who knows? <laughs> right. No, but like you said, you, when you're in Sham, you're sitting there having a, you know, espresso on one of the 500 cafes. You're looking right up the Bolson. There, there's the summit. You, you kind of get it from that side. Yeah, totally. Crevasse is not yeah. counting in that analysis, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, but... Yeah, I think it, it's really cool to see all of these pop up from obviously not 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 only just the the United States, but um, all over the world and some iconic places like like the Alps. Um, yeah, right. Well, back to we start off mentioning um, some of the shorter fast routes and how the Backbone Trail outside of L.A. is on here for male and female, and noting it's kind of become like the Prezi Traverse of the West. We have Jack Kunzel, who's one of our regional editors. This shows you the quality of our volunteer regional editors and listed for his White Mountains Hut Traverse. Now, there's kind of a long note in here because I talked to Jack about it because he was on the preliminary list twice for this and the presidential traverse. And I said, Jack, you know, I mean, these are great efforts, but why don't we pare this down to one? Which which one would it be? And he, he wrote back, this is interesting, Hillary. He mm-hmm. said, well, actually, my project was to do the five toughest trails in the Northeast, the five premier trails, and it get FKTs on them all. He did it. So he did the Pimmy Loop, the Devil's Path, the Great Range Traverse, the Prezi Traverse, and this Hut Traverse all in the same year. And so he's being represented here for doing the White Mountains Hut Traverse, in case wow. you're wondering what this all means. See, that's just that's another level. We've got the stuff from <laughs> from I think both ends of the spectrum. Um, right, yeah, that's well, so but exciting. that's what you see. That's what you see in the uh, New England. These guys are kind of hard bitten. Have you ever raced in New England, Hillary? I have not. On the east, I don't Coast. think you'd fit in. You're too nice. <laughs> Oh, they just, they just eat you alive. I mean, it's 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 doing it's a little bit like the streets of New York City. I mean, I'm going to get some hate mail on this one. But the upside is, you know, there's not a lot of exploring to do. So they just get really good at it. Hmm. And so you come out from you know the West and say, oh, great. It's race. Hey, it's going to be fun. Hey, how's it going? Boom. The gun goes off and you're sitting there picking your nose and they're 100 meters off the trail. So it's, you know, it's, it's a different style. We haven't raced 
I mean, I have I have a different switch that can be placed on when I uh, when I'm racing. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not very nice. <laughs> <laughs> well, your results indicate that you get down to business, Hillary. Uh, your results do not belie that. Hmm. Okay, <laughs> I like it. <laughs> oh, but another one, and I maybe I misspoke. There were two um, pretty fast, uh, pretty fast ones um, here, but. Uh, Tyler Andrews for Cotopaxi in Ecuador. Hey, thanks for calling that one out. Tyler is another regional editor, by the way. He does all of uh, South America for the website. Obviously a fast guy. And we just put this one in yesterday. Oops, not yesterday. We put this in right before the uh, the nominations list literally closed out right before Christmas <laughs> because he, he did it like on the 21st of December. But yeah, Cotopaxi. Classic volcano, 19,000 feet. And the guy beat Carl Egloff's time. Mm-hmm. But do you did you notice how much he beat it by than what Carl had done with him? What, you, what did you see here? Oh, man, only 24 seconds. So I, th- I think that that shows you how competitive and how, you know, like the, how, how respectable I think this, t- this time is, right? And yeah, that's impressive, 24 seconds. I can, I can only imagine the... Uh, the, the, the hammer top, fest exactly at the top of just being like oh i'm gonna get it oh man <laughs> right they're jumping crevasses you know on the descent so he beat you know carl carl won fkt of the year for his denali ascent last year um you know obviously an ex- extremely strong person but tyler andrews had the fkt and cotopaxi and then carl beat his time by two seconds two seconds and then tyler went back and bettered that one by 24 seconds Hmm. (laughs) i like it so maybe we're going to see another another time of this next year (laughs) or this year 2022 (laughs) right right i don't know it's uh but it's fun to see somebody coming from south america obviously we're still a little weak in asia Mm -hmm. you know i think japan china and so forth could be represented stronger, but China, of course, just got messed over by that disaster they had in that ultra race. Mm. You know, when people froze to death, that kind of puts a damper on things. And the authorities kind of put a, a side eye on on high mountain activity at that point. Right. Yeah. I mean, in fact, I think you know, trail running was was almost illegal for for a bit there. So, right. Um, yeah, maybe that put a damper on some things. Um, but I still see it as a, as a growth. The trail running is, is exploding, um, over there. So, uh, yeah, I hope, I hope to see, I mean, I hope to race, um, to race in Asia and, uh, also see some more FKTs there. So it'd be, yeah, it'd be really cool to see the progress. Um, yeah, and not have it just be like you mentioned, <laughs> you know, U.S. and and Europeaners and <laughs> kind of right. from this side of the world. <laughs> right. Well, the tradition is so strong. You know, as we mentioned in the last podcast, the tradition in the U.K. goes back a hundred years, mm-hmm. and then Asia, they're just now getting into it. But when they get into something, they kill it. So, when, when China gets in gear on this, it's going to come strong. And uh, of course, UTMB, they dropped the world tour and they kind of shifted gears on that one. But now they're going worldwide. 
You know, mm-hmm. they just started a UTMB feeder race in Thailand, and they want people to be coming out of Asia. And it's 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 interesting. It's interesting. The final, the UTMB race in Chamonix, the end of August, every August, is going to become their version of the Ultra World Championships. Mm-hmm. And so there's going to be many languages spoken at that. I think in the world of FKTs, we're going to see the same thing. Right. Definitely. And I had a few friends actually participate in that, um, that, that race in Thailand and they speak very highly of it. And, um, it's a, it's a very technical steep style of running. So yeah, it's something I'd like to go over there and and check it out. So I I see it just kind of as a booming, um, a booming area. Hmm. Well, I've enjoyed barefoot on the beach in Koh Samui. I've never run up steep hills in Thailand, so I'm missing out on that. I have no other comment on Thailand, unfortunately. Maybe I would like to see some multi-sport things there. I hear some of the scuba diving is insane in Thailand. So maybe some scuba slash mountain things. Mm. Cool. Mm-hmm. But okay. <laughs> well, we didn't have any. Wow, that's an interesting point. Thanks for saying that. We didn't have any multi-sport. We have a multi-sport category. And, you know, the rule is must be at least 50% running or hiking by time, not by distance. But other than that, you can bike between summits. You can paddle across a lake. You can do things like that, which people do. But, hmm, I'm not sure if we've ever had a fastest known time of the year nominee in the multi-sport category. Hmm. 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 I think those are really interesting. Um, I know in the past we have – Right. For, uh, like I said, a lot of, you know, climbing, um, climbing, climbing, running, cycling. Um, but yeah, I mean, besides yours, Buzz, the, you know, the ultra, <laughs> but that's obviously not so, not so I would not want to swim the entire length of the Colorado river. I'd want it as little time as possible. In fact, that would scare me quite a bit. So. <laughs> right. I think there's more routes to be had in the big ditch and uh, we'll see come May. So today is January 7th. Well, unless you're listening to this after it's released, this podcast released on January 7th. So most of the voting actually already has taken place. The voting closes out tomorrow. So any voters who've listened to this, that's okay. Hillary and I expressed some random thoughts, but your votes are all your own. And on the 10th of January, we're counting up the ballots. And as always, it's a secret ballot. You know, it's people enter in to a Google form and it's simply democracy. Most points wins on the sliding scale of, you know, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. We're going to do the top eight this year, by the way. Top eight female, top eight male. And voters are just going to vote, assign a number to it. And the form adds up the number and that's the end of that. So I think it's fair. And I certainly hope that all our voters don't go for their location, look at the whole world, because otherwise the person from Hong Kong doesn't have a chance. <laughs> but I, th- I, think we're, I think we're fair. I think it's a egalitarian community. Yeah, and something I really appreciate and I really enjoy, actually, so when I do my own voting is I, I write why. You know, if, if, yes. if I had a lot of trouble with, you know, teasing between three and four, one and two, I always write why. And this is, you know, this is why I chose this. This is why it meant something to me. And, you know, we'll, we'll include that, too, kind of when we go through the list and tally up the votes. And we'll try to give you some insight into why some of these were chosen. Thanks for doing that, because then an article appears in Ultra Running Magazine every year, 
And also we put an article on our website and your comments or can do the article. I don't like reading articles where the writer's just full of themselves. I don't really want to hear their opinion, to be perfectly honest. And so I love this stuff. You and all the other voters give your why. And I simply take all those quotes and cram them into the article. So you get to read other people's actual thoughts. I I like that. So thank you for your esteemed commentary there, Hillary. It, it helps. The article writes itself. <laughs> good. I'll try to put in some some good some good comments because it's hard. There's a lot of really interesting things that have happened this year. And when I look at this, actually, I'm going to ask you this, your thought on this, but as we're closing out the podcast, as I looked at this and I was putting the whole nominations list together, nothing jumped out at me, you know, and years past, I went, whoa, this is going to be on the podium. This time I'm going, wow, this is good. Wow, this is interesting. I mean, I'm kind of going down the rabbit hole reading their descriptions, but nothing just went, this is a winner for sure. So this, in my opinion, is going to be kind of a level playing field. There's a lot of contenders here. Yeah, and I'm actually pretty interested to see how others kind of kind of rate it compared to what I thought were, was was interesting too. Because again, it was like the same thing kind of happened to me when I looked through it. All of them were very interesting, but I didn't see like one clear winner. So I don't know. We're we gonna ha- what happens, Buzz, if we have a tie? <laughs> well, ties are annoying because then I have <laughs> to. It, it takes me more time. So I hope luck saves me time and we don't get any ties but if we do we do the numbers speak for themselves right so yeah we'll see maybe i just jinxed us hopefully not (laughs) (laughs) we will find out on january 14th where hillary and i will be back for our annual countdown and we tend to start sort of from the bottom up so to speak and we have interviews with the FKT of the year winners starting from like number five, number four, like that. And then the next week we go like the number three, the number two. And then finally ending on January 28th podcast, we'll do the interviews with the winners, female and male. So we have following this three weeks of podcasts and three weeks of accompanying articles on the website, which lists the facts and figures for you to track down. Okay, Hillary, your ballot. Uh, look forward to seeing how it comes in. Although I actually don't see it. You, Sorry, Hillary. You just become another number. <laughs> but that's how it should be. That way we can't play any, I can't play any favorites. I'm just looking at numbers. So yeah. in reality, that's, that's how it should be. That's a good point. I can't wait to talk about it though with you, Buzz. Likewise. Until then, take care. <laughs>